Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. We don't like these people and it shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction, and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and as we speak, Emmanuel Macron has been re-elected President of France. Thank mm. fuck for that. Yeah, as the well. count progresses, it looks like a smashing at 58-42, but that hasn't stopped Ricardo Bozzi and his Australia One Party fuckheads, the political party that isn't a political party, screaming voter fraud on their shitty Telegram pages. Yeah, 58-42, that's a shitload of voter fraud, Joe. Literally millions of votes. <laughs> We might ask yes. why Bozzy hasn't registered his party and why he's running as an independent in Greenway in Sydney's southwest. The answer is because his hanging policy isn't quite right yet and he hasn't got the numbers to A, register his sorry party, and B, had to beg people to attend a function on the weekend so he could get the 100 registered voters to support his yeah. nomination as an indie. Get your hanging policy right, Ricky Bozzy. Oh, come on, Jack. He has a fine hanging policy. And you're on it. I mean, Needs come work. on, man. Needs work. Yeah, well, you know, just because you'll be hanging. <laughs> we'll be looking at cooker indies like Bozy in our rabbit hole today with the absolute certainty that when they lose, they'll scream... Voter fraud. Yeah, predictable as fuck. Meanwhile, drinking water can give you satanic DNA. I've always suspected that, John. Yeah, that's why you never drink it. And we have Nazis coming to our tellies. Not dead ones, but actual living, mouth-breathing... Australian Nazis <laughs> set to be platformed on our TV screens for no good reason. Uh, and we'll have all your favourites, including the Week and Pit Evans and which black little fuck would said that. Uh, but before we get on with the show, we'd like to put the begging bowl out and shamelessly appeal for your support through our Patreon. For as little as five subs a month, you can have access to all manner of members-only content and have that profound feeling of goodness that you've saved Jack and Joel from a life of abject poverty. So join up at Patreon slash the conditional release program because it really does help free us up to do more work on the show. But that pathetic genuflecting must end now because we need to get on with the show and that means it's time for the conditional release program's weekly news. And kicking off our news today, Nazis on the telly. Is it good? Or bad? Bad. Now, look, SBS devotes a great deal of their programming to Nazis. 5.30 to 6.30 on a Sunday night is still known as the Nazi hour. <laughs> but these docos, many of them German-made, were historical and for the most part very good, with the exception of that shot show that theorised Hitler had survived, got a dummerung in the bunker. Yeah. But mostly, though, these are worthy documentaries because they examine history. And for those with cable telly, the History Channel has been quietly re- renamed the Nazi Channel. <laughs> Yeah. Again, historical and worthwhile, if a little overdone. But that clearly is not the case with Todd Sampson's documentary currently in production for Channel 10 slash Paramount+. Plus. Here we have an advertising executive with a commission doco exploring a theme of social media and hate. Mm-hmm. It's a fairly tedious subject for a doco at the best of times. Yep. However, this show casts actual neo-Nazis, e.g. not historical subjects, and gives them a chance to promote their hideous ideology and quietly recruit budding new Nazis to their cause. Mm -hmm. It transpires that the producers of the doco sought the assistance and the involvement of a number of genuine friends of the podcast, dedicated anti-fascists, members of the White Rose Society, Andy Fleming, aka Slack Bastard, and Tom Tarnicky. In the early stages, the production appeared not to know who the legendary Fleming was, which indicates how poorly prepared the show is. There appears to have been a bit of deception from Samson's production company with Tarnicky writing in Independent Australia yesterday that he had been asked to source reformed or former Nazis. I'll hand over to Tom from his IA piece yesterday. Uh, it turns out that the entire time they'd been discussing this subject matter with me, they'd already filmed an interview with Tom Sewell. And that's a quote. 
Uh, Sewell, of course, is a well-known current Nazi. Yes. Blair Cottrell, another prominent Nazi in Australia, <coughs> Tanaki writes, and Sewell posted about it at around the same time on their Telegram channels. This is a dance I've seen many times before with media tourists in this space, so I took their coordinated posting as a possible threat to Samson. Maybe they had doubts that it would release in a form they'd appreciate, so they wanted to show him they'd make a spectacle out of it anyway. Yep. That was... Tom Tarnicky in the IA. Now, Tarnicky decided not to participate in the program from that point. A ditto white rose or slack bastard. He has, uh, at this time, has very strong views on why we should always avoid giving Nazis free publicity and we support them. We'll post a link to his piece, uh, piece on the shitposting uh, website or Facebook yep. group. Uh, another good friend of the podcast wrote to me during the week asking how journalists should approach the issue uh, and how we can avoid uh, platforming Nazis. Uh, my response was eerily similar to Tom's article. Nazis like Cottrell and Sewell should be a no-go area, certainly in terms of voyeur studies on extremism. The only occasion where they might be mentioned would be in the body of investigative work that exposed new activities or new recruiting methods, for example. There has to be an angle. Uh, both Tom and I cited Nick McKenzie's excellent extended report in nine newspapers and television called Nazis Next Door. Here was a story that, revealed, that revealed new and effective means of recruiting, named those involved, and how they went about recruiting young Australians. Now, while Mackenzie's work was excellent, it was still problematic. And one thing Tom would know, but perhaps not understand the extent of, is that any report regarding Nazis is clickbait. And this is well known in the media. I've written historical pieces, one that I recall in the war crimes trial of an unnamed 100-year-old man who could not be named under German law, who had worked as a guard at Sachsenhausen concentration camp. I wrote another on Hitler's extraordinary narcotic consumption overseen by his personal physician, Theodore Morell. Both these pieces went through the roof in terms of readership. Now, there's a vast difference between these articles and platforming the current neo-Nazis in Australia who have learned not to wear swastikas. They don't mouth anti-Semitic tropes, not in public anyway, and they don't overtly subscribe to that terrible ideology, but instead cast a net for young people in Australia based on the seductive appeal of ultranationalism and anti-immigration. They wait for any opportunity, just like Samson's show, to lie about their associations and their motives and couch their ugly views in moderate ways, or yeah. at least attempt to. Yeah. They invariably play the victim and use free speech absolutism as a justification for their behaviour. Yeah. And Samson, as we all know, is an advertising executive. And he seems not to understand any of this or has just made a push for ratings and audience. Maybe both. We yeah. can't be sure. It may well be this was a well-intentioned exercise that, that veers into voyeurism and the hollow rejigging of a journalistic desire to have both sides of the story told. Sometimes you shouldn't do that. Sometimes That's we don't right, need to hear both they're sides. Nazi. For fuck's sake, Todd. They're Nazis and we already know their side of the story. Yes, and they're opportunistic parasites. So are you. They're Nazis and we already know their side of the story. Got a demerung, the destruction of Europe and death camps. That's the Nazi story, and we can see it every Sunday on SBS. Don't platform Nazis, Todd. It can't be that hard. <laughs> now, in other news, Jack, I need you to put down that glass of water because I strongly advise that you stop drinking any water that is tap water or even bottled water. But, Joe, this water has been purified by my activated charcoal Britta filter. Yes, you're an expensive piece of trash. You're a fool. You know who owns Britta? The Cabal. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I knew it. Oh, well, I sensed it. Yeah, oh well, yeah, you drank it. So this is actually what Pennsylvania QAnon promoter Phil Godlevsky has been saying to flog water filters to idiots on the back of a documentary, which is more like an interview with a crackpot chiropractor like Plandemic was, called Watch the Water. No. And this is featuring ex-bounty hunter and serial conspiracy pest Stu Peters, who's making oh, a profile of himself at the moment, and retired person. chiropractor and clout-chasing bullshit artist Dr. Brian Artis. Now- Stu Peters, as I was researching this, has a completely cooked origin story. I was going to insert some into here, but it's too long. We're going to look into it, though, because this guy's fucked up. Like, not yeah, only does he lie with a straight terrible face. Terrible piece of work. He's a complete madman. Oh, whoa. He's, yeah. Anyway, so the Watch the Water documentary had 3 million views on Rumble in one week, which is wow. not fucking bad. It was heavily promoted by people like Mike Adams, the health ranger, who, <laughs> another esteemed liar, David Avocado Wolf, oh, a sex yeah. pest and an absolute parasite, and to a 
much lesser extent, puffy little Nazi boy Blair Cottrell. Oh, yeah, he's into him, the snake venom him thing. again. Yeah. So not only that, but Wendy Rogers, a state senator from Arizona, has been pushing the documentary for some bizarre reason, giving it this degree of legitimacy due to the office she holds. Oh, which oh, is sh- yeah, she's just popped painful. up in Black Pill Fuck, but she's a nutter. She's Absolute nuts. raving nutter. And not only this, but Artis is a bit of a media tart. He's been previously featured on Pete Evans' podcast, pushing his scammy acne vitamins and conspiracy theories on mainstream health. And he also featured recently on Stu Peter's little bootlicker Marie Z's Zoom show, where she platformed this complete nonsense for clout as as per usual, because she's honestly one of the most natural liars I've ever seen. I just watch her just lie with such a straight face. It's incredible. Now, according to artists, COVID-19 is a synthetic version of snake venom that evil forces are spreading through remdesivir, the antiviral they give you in hospital if you're having a really bad time, the COVID-19 vaccines and drinking water to make you a hybrid of Satan. Well, that could be fun. Yeah. I mean, look, (laughs) imagine the powers. They're all evil, which is a real shame. Sorry, child. It's not only tap water, bottled water as well. The only water you can trust is, eh, 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 you guessed it, the uh, water yeah. put through a filter he sells on the internet. There you go. And if you're an idiot like Jack, you've been oh, drinking no. unfiltered tap water, you moron. Old mate <laughs> artist has your back. Don't worry, Jack, we can save you. He sells oh, the anti-V combination of supplements that will protect you from the deadly impact of V. And yes, the V stands for venom. Ooh. Ooh, but what if I want to <laughs> what if I want to have satanic DNA? No, look, let's not get into that. To be fair, I think it's it's an asset, if anything. I, I just watched a Marvel movie last night. I'm getting excited by it. So only 109 US dollars plus Ooh. 30 bucks posted handling. It's not fucking cheap, but you know, that's the price of Kalahanji in Australia. Mm. Yeah, basically. He also sells miracle acne cures, and the miracle is that they don't work. Um, and he also just asks for donations, because, like, why not? I mean, like, yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. just weigh in. Just put mm. your hand out. Here's a quote from him. This is great. I think the plan all along was to get the serpents, the evil ones, DNA into your God-created DNA. Yeah. They're using mRNA, which is mRNA extracted from, I believe, the King Cobra Venom. <laughs> the King Cobra Venom. And they, wa- I think they want to get that venom inside you and make you a hybrid of Satan. Okay. Why, why Cobra's satanic? I don't know. <laughs> they're getting a bit of a hard run here. This yeah, is kind yeah, of yeah. bullshit. So he also claimed that monoclonal antibodies is a big thing in the US that are identical to the antivenoms used to disable the toxins from a snake bite. Yeah, which pretty, is sure that's, pretty sure that's not right. Complete nonsense. And then he goes on to do, which is such a cooker thing to say, that if a public health agency advises against treatment, then that means the treatment actually works. No, that's a, that's a tremendous argument, isn't it? You yeah. Know, that basically, oh, yeah. if... <laughs> If a doctor recommends it, it means it's wrong. Yeah, basically. It's, that's opposition defiant disorder, which they diagnose irritating children with. I mean, like, come on, man. Get get out of there. So this is another quote from this absolute fucking genius, and I love him for bringing this into the fore. I realized all of a sudden that monoclonal antibodies are antivenom. The federal uh. government doesn't want us using antivenom. Why are they bashing antivenom? And why are we finding antivenom works against COVID? Is it not a virus? Is it a venom? Ooh. I mean, like, the reason the federal government doesn't want you to use antivenom for COVID is because it's completely <laughs> insane. And any <laughs> efficacy that may have been seen with antivenom and COVID is a complete correlation and one that should never have happened. Why Milk are you own, doing this? Milk your own snakes at home. Oh, my um, God. That's probably what someone's fucking doing. Oh, my God. The world is going nuts. Yeah, it's, just not, it's not good for snake populations in North America. Oh, for fuck's sake. So, look, the whole thing relies very heavily on this sort of fairly commonly held belief in the COVID denial circles. The germs don't actually cause illnesses, but substances no. and pollutants do. Mm. Uh, and this is the thing about 5G. You know, 5G causes COVID, not germs. And, you know, chemtrails are causing COVID because the government, blah, blah, blah. Will Sommer reported in the Daily Beast that Artis's evidence for the venom theory is thin. Among mm. other things, he I'm claimed sorry. he got the idea for snake venom in the water supply from a fortune cookie <laughs> and by watching a 2016 episode of NBC's The Blacklist, which Liz loves, by the way, and which a character played by James Spader, great guy, suspects he's been poisoned with venom. Mm. Anyway, there you go. That, that sounds like it. I'd have to say, Joel, this is some wild fortune cookies he's getting. Yeah, what the fuck did the fortune cookie say? <laughs> what did that fortune cookie say? You will be bitten by a snake. My God. So he also claimed that the phrase coronavirus pandemic can translate in Latin to the Pope's venom pandemic or yeah. King Cobra venom pandemic, not which really dangerously interchangeable. Yeah, yeah, not really. I mean, it's basically 
basically because no one speaks Latin these days that they can get away with that kind of bullshit. Well, that's the thing. So PolitiFact actually went to an expert from the world's largest dictionary of Latin to show these translations were completely False. Imagine being some scholar in Latin and getting an actual news organization, legitimate outfit, to approach you for comment to confirm whether coronavirus pandemic means the Pope's venom pandemic in Latin. What the fuck? It's just insane. It's what you're on earth for. It's what you're on earth to do if you're a Latin scholar. How do you respond to that with a straight face? Just... It's just cooked. There's also the water filter company because Godlevsky, he's selling uh, Seychelles uh, water filter as our water filter company. And they've had to come out and deny that it filters snake venom from water. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, they just like, no, come on, guys. We didn't say any of this. Well, this is not us. It's mainly just a bunch of charcoal at the bottom, <laughs> the bottom yeah. of a bucket, you know. And that they just like, look, we haven't tested snake venom filtering from our with our water filters because we're not fucked in the head. So look, there's a lot of division in the conspiracy community, which is quite welcome in my books because it means there's some sane people, some, some half reasonable people, yeah, some because the theory is so fucking wild. People are questioning the validity, and you've got to go so far to make these people doubt your veracity when you've got a good yarn attached to it throw a bit of Satan in there to get the Godbrothers on board. But yep. this is a bridge too far for some folks. But the thing is, it also might be stepping on some grifts. See, uh-huh. Pierre Corey, one of the leading pushers of Ivermectin in his own little protocol, did a lengthy <laughs> debunking of this claim on his substack. Maybe yeah. he's feeling like old mate uh, artists are stepping on his turf. <laughs> RFK Jr.'s Children Health Defense, who is a grifter from Longback, and I'm sure oh, yeah. you all know him, they call it a stretch, which a I stretch. love. And then in the comments, got this really mixed reaction because unfortunately, Robbie, you've been sleeping with cookers and now you've got cookers. So you come along and try and insert some reason into your dialogue. I'm sorry, son. You've gone well past that That's point. That's right. That's and your look, audience now. <laughs> I would say, while this is clearly just grifters protecting their patch, let's face it. If Pierre Corey and RFK Jr. of all people are calling you out on your bullshit, you know you have gone way too far. Mm, way out there. I'll do anything for you. Money. Just tell me what you want me to do. And today's condition release program is proudly brought to you by the Australian Senate. The best darn Senate in Australia. Yeah. Listeners, democracy is a mad scientist, and just who knows what's bubbling away in the test tubes this time, and with a crackle of cathode electricity, will animate and tear off the leather straps to start <laughs> hopping about with the balance of power. Racists, anti-vax grifters, lunatics with a gleam in their eye for casual mass murder of the population. Oh, yeah, especially they're all on, They're all there on the ballot paper. Bless. If past performances are anything to go by, we could get a sovsit who likes driving around in cars while using <laughs> parliamentary privilege to make baseless allegations of pedophilia. Evidence? <laughs> This is the Senate. We don't need no evidence. Plus, everyone hates pedophiles, right, listeners? I hope so. (laughs) And where else can the major parties park their hacks, the complete no-hope as they owe a favour to, than the Australian Senate? Yeah. The Big Red House is a literal freak show where Lobster Boy, the bearded lady, and John Merrick would feel right (laughs) at home but be made uncomfortable at some of the extreme political political views being put about. Uh. Listeners, the Senate holds a critical place in Australia's democratic institutions, the House of Review, and it plays an important role in a devilishly clever system of checks and balances. And that's why it's best left to low-functioning alcoholics and the clinically insane on 200 large a year, a free phone, and all the petrol they can sniff. (laughs) So why not cast a vote for the cavalcade of the weird, the ugly, and the outright dangerous? Yes, it has to be the Australian Senate when two houses is barely enough. I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws within all... within... And with the dulcet tones ringing in her shell likes of the man who should be Prime Minister of Australia but is too <laughs> damn modest to accept the invitation, Phanos Paniades, it means it's time for which Black Bill fuck which said that. The quiz show that scans the globe's 7 billion population in order to find out how many people are dumber than Phanos. 
The answer is three, by the way. <laughs> and if you're successful in today's, which Black Bill Fuckwitch said that, Joel, you'll become an independent candidate for the Senate and enjoy mm. a longer career in politics than Pete Evans, but just a little bit shorter than Mel Meninga. Yes, Joel, you'll be placed on the New South Wales Senate ballot just before the Animal Justice Party and after the R-grouped independents, considered an unlosable position by sophologists and the AEC alike. If elected, you'll join Mel Colston. Don't get between him and a pack of Tim Tams, oh, Joel. Teeny Weeny, Sovsit, Malcolm Roberts, and international threat to crockery, Rod Cullerton, <laughs> ensuring the Senate which was once a mere three-ring circus, remains a fully-blown freak show that would make P.T. Barnum grind his teeth in envy. Are you ready, Joel? Uh, with that throwback to Mal Colston, I've got no idea what's coming. <laughs> I love him. Just as an aside, I love his, his leftists, of course, and leftists many years ago, but Mal Colston used to send his, his secretary down whenever there was a, a parliamentary sort of gathering. Um, uh, there'd always be sandwiches and what have you put out there, and he would send his secretary to go and pick up the, sand, the leftover sandwiches so he could <laughs> eat them. That's very good. Don't get, don't get between him and a bag of Tim Tams. No, no. Was a lot. So are you ready, Joel? Are you, are you locked in? Okay, here's the first quote. Police report they let 1.4 million vehicles through, and that was wow. yesterday. That's a lot. People were still pouring in overnight and all morning. Yeah. Most vehicles had more than one person in them. Oof. There's some mass going on here. Yeah. Amongst the vehicles, there were hundreds of special buses. Special buses? Special buses? <laughs> Are they blue buses? Anyway, <laughs> special buses that came full of people from all over Australia. So doubling that number can still be considered quite a conservative estimate. Can it, though? Population of Australia, 25 million. When 5 million show up, that's 20% of the country. There's some mass for you, Joel. Yeah. And there's heaps of us that couldn't make it. All right, there's some, there's some cooker maths going a, on there. It's another throwback, but a much more recent one. Now, was that? The womb is a place of truth, truther. You could eat your dinner off her womb, and I believe many have, Barbara L. Mel. Mm. Was it? You like to think that you're immune to the stuff. Oh, yeah. It's closer <laughs> to the truth to say you can't get enough. You know, you're going to have to face it. You're addicted to the grift. <laughs> Currently grifting in WA. Our man, Hoodie, Graham Hood, driving around. Just driving around WA. Please donate. I tell you what, join the Patreon for more crackers like that. Or was it forced to clean toilets to make a living due to vaccine mandates? Which, as it turned out, was a promotion. Mount Gambia's one and only Maddie Fry. Ooh. Or was it, oh, I forgot about that firearm that I keep under me pillow. Truck driving man, please fill his bucket with all the moolah you got, James Greer. Well, we're doing independence and we're looking at the Australia One Independence today. And Maddie Fry was on the list of names that I chose to ignore, partially because I don't know anything about her and partially because we didn't have time. I have a feeling that this might be cooked nonsense from one of Australia One's independents, Matty Fry. Oh! oh what? <laughs> I felt politi- confident. Your political ambitions are disappearing as we speak. No. It was, in fact, a womb truther, Barbara uh. L. Mel. Ah. She sounds she's, fun. Uh, she's a dippy hippie from, um, oh, I, I, I'm actually in Melbourne. I really want a Comcast, so this is actually quite upsetting. <laughs> she, she, she holds these very, very strange uh, sessions in Sassafras. Oh, I love is, Sassafras. Uh, Precursed MDMA. <laughs> Great stuff. Put put the oil under your, um, under your paws and get a bit of a buzz. It's actually also a suburb. Just in the Dandenongs there. Yeah, but you can't take that. You can't take a suburb, so I'm not interested. <laughs> so, so that was Barbara L. Mel. Yeah. All right, much shorter quote here. Thank God. <laughs> and just some fantastic grammar here. So uh, bear with me, listeners. Yeah. yeah. Do not count on to see huge automobiles. We are able to. I believe we'll have a number of. However, that is for the folks and never all of them drive automobiles. Jesus Christ. Was that a seizure? <laughs> the fuck? Well, let me give you the possible options before you go any further with that. Was that unwilling to swear in front in front of such a big crowd and rendered inarticulate because he can't punctuate each sentence he uttered with fucks, Ricardo Bozzi? He does swear a lot. Was it boat person seeking refugee status in Shell Harbour? 
Dave Kangaguru Graham? Ah. Or was it a direct example of quote on how to avoid split infinitives from Fowler's Guide <laughs> to Modern English Usage, edited by Jeremy Butterfield? Ah. Or was it microscopic senator trying out his sovereign language? But where are the semicolons? Teeny weeny Malcolm Roberts. I just don't know. I mean, I reckon you probably threw this into ruin my political career, but I'm just going to go with Guru. Do not count on to see huge automobiles. We are able to, I believe, we'll have a number of. However, that is for the folks, and never all of them drive automobiles. To be fair, he wow. is on acid most is, of the time. He <laughs> must have been on a lot of drugs so. when he said that. That was in response to basically, you know, it was supposed to be a truck convoy when, when, uh, when, when the folk, uh, when the, when the huge numbers, what was it, twenty five percent of Australia or something like that, descended on Canberra. Uh, it was supposed to initially be a truck. Rally, the truck convoy with no trucks. Truck I convoy, and that's how Dave Kangaguru explained it. Do not count on to see huge automobiles, he said. And we didn't. So, well, you're still alive. You're still, you are still, you could, you could just take up the ass groove of Mel Colson and uh, <laughs> make it your own, Joel. I'll be getting those sandwiches, believe me. You'll all laugh at me, but I'll have the last laugh and the last sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> all right, quote three. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today, we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections, but whether or not they stand strong for our country. Our country. Our country has been under siege for a long time, far longer than this four-year period. Ugh. So for a little bit of context there, we are talking about a Stop the Steal rally on January 6th. Yep. Was it? Living in a van down by the lake, to be specific, <laughs> Lake Kiowi, North Carolina. Yeah. Well, he didn't actually live there, but did register to vote from his van and is still registered to vote in Virginia and South Carolina. Trump sycophant and electoral fraud ace. Mark Meadows? Yeah. Or was it the idiot son of the 45th POTUS who texted Mark Meadows two days after the 2020 presidential election saying, we have full operational control to ensure his father remained president, Donnie Trump Jr.? Mm -hmm. Or was it star of the unmasked singer? He sang bad to the bone, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that's right. That was Revealed great. this week, which uh, led to Kenny Jong walking off the stage but we'll always remember him for his presser at Four Seasons Landscaping just next to the adult bookstore across the road from the crematorium, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> or was it big-time promoter of Truth Social, the Twitter-like social media program designed for Big Don Trump and red hat fuck knuckles everywhere, which has so far reached just 1.2 million installs since its launch with less than 60,000 daily users. He's a good looking boy, though. Aye. Eric Trump. Aye. Or was it, Joel, for our fifth option, the 45th POTUS himself, the big man, Don Trump? It does sound a lot like him, and he does repeat himself a bit there. Um, yeah. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's going to be fuck it, Mark Meadows. Oh, damn, damn it, Joe. It's over. The dream is over. Ah. You will now never become a senator for life. I love this the is... idea of being a balance of power. It really itches my narcissism. No, speaking of, speaking of you know, sort of <laughs> dashes to one's self, self-consciousness, I actually uh, put in all the, uh, all the fake uh, alternatives and forgot the real one, so I had to make that up on the fly. It was, Amazing. in fact, Donnie Trump who said that. But all the all the other four had spoken uh, at the uh, Stop the Steal rally. In fact, Eric Trump, everyone saying happy birthday to him before start, before starting a riot. Wasn't that nice? Everyone saying except for his dad. <laughs> and the and the and the really funny thing is that what they call Truth Social, which is the kind of you know red hat MAGA wearing Donnie Trump following version of Twitter, is just. Nowhere. Less than 60,000 daily users. That's brutal. And like RDA thought they could start their own social media network and Donald Trump can't even pull it off with millions of dollars and worldwide reach. People just don't want alternate realities like this. Now, it's uh, it's got 1.2 million installs, which might sound like a lot, but I mean, it's, in social media, that's just nothing. It's just nothing. It's and, just nothing. And, and really, in the last few weeks, it's just about time to turn the keys Turn the keys on this and 
just shut it down. Yet another parlor. Yeah, so just an absolute shambles. And and this is all, you know, Trump was saying this is going to be fantastic. Yeah, well. Now we ask listeners to send us an email if they've come across something really, really stupid said by Black Bill Fuckwits. We want your input, listeners, if you've recently come across something posted that is so odd, so bizarre, that it can only be appreciated by the criminally stupid, drop us a line. We'll send you the stubby holder, some assorted TCRP stickers and shit. If you make our lives easier and send Jack a quote we can use on the show. Now, mm-hmm. we remind listeners that the conditional release program stubby holder is the only stubby holder in existence, mm. clinically proven, to keep drinks cold. Clinically proven. And we can advise that the conditional release program stubby holder has decided to nominate as an independent Victorian canon- candidate for the Senate. Oh, bless so it. what you like about the stubby holder, but it's got more personality than Morgan C. Jonas and his fiance. What's her name? The girl with the funny eye. You mean the girl with the great hair. Now, we <laughs> ask listeners to drop us a line if they want to contribute to which Black Bill Fuckwit said that. Mark the attendance of Jack. Bury the quote. At our email address, the conditional release program at gmail.com. Yes, please. We fired you. We sacked you. We dismissed you as what? As garbage, because that's all you are. You're a criminal. You're a traitor. And you're going to the biggest barbecue in history. So from Christmas dinner to you are the dinner. Thank you. That's what I'll go with. Our listeners, we have touched on the Sovsit boss hog, Rodney Cullerton, in Sovsit's V the Man previously. Oh, he's a regular. Uh, about three weeks ago, to be sure, and spoke about the difficulty Sovsit Rod was having, what with him being an undischarged bankrupt, being convicted of failing to file a statement of finances to the bankruptcy tr- trustee, and one or two other matters before the criminal courts. Oh, no, Rodney. The Sovsit Rod was declared a bankrupt almost six years ago. Twenty <laughs> fucking sixteen. Pay your bills. Most, most normal people would have discharged themselves by arrangement with their creditors, but not our Rodney. No. Nor has he been restrained by his bankruptcy from running for the Senate in WA, which he did in the twenty nine federal election. Yeah. But no one seemed to bother or mind. Nah, no worries. Never mind. The dear leader of the Great Australia Party has done it again, as we predicted, nominating with the Australian Electoral Commission, whacking in his two grand deposit, that'll be that'll be from donation somewhere, yeah. and standing as a candidate for the Senate again. Hooray! Finally. Now, listeners, when anyone decides they want to have a crack at representative politics and put themselves on a ballot in a federal election, they must complete a nomination form. In Rodney's case, Form 59B, which is a statutory declaration where Rodney signs to say he is eligible to sit in the parliament under his party, the Great Australia Party, under Section 44 of the Australian Constitution. Mm. Now, subsection 3 of S44 clearly states that a person, any person, even Sovset Rod, is, and I quote, incapable of being chosen or of sitting as a senator or a member of the House of Representatives if that person is, and I quote again, an undischarged, bankrupt or insolvent. But we already knew that. Clearly, Rod is not eligible to sit in the parliament again. (laughs) Not that anyone is silly enough to vote for him. Not the sorts of numbers needed to win him a seat in the half-Senate election where successful candidates receive enough votes to represent their state in the Senate of the new parliament. Any person who knowingly makes a statement that is false in material, particular in a statutory declaration, is guilty of a crime and is liable to imprisonment for five years. Oh, dear. The Australian Electoral Commission, which, as we reported last week, is using all its powers, and there aren't many, to crack down (laughs) on election malfeasance and misinformation. It's been getting on the front foot, but it is not a policing body. It can only refer matters to police where the commission forms a reasonable belief that an offence has occurred. They've been doing a good job. Yeah, they have been. And their social media stuff's very funny. They're fantastic. But in regard to this matter, the AEC did refer the Culleton nomination form, a, a form of statutory declaration, to the Australian Federal Police and confirmed as much in a statement on April 21. Mr Culleton is listed on the National Personal Insolvency Index as an undischarged bankrupt, the Electoral Commission said. It appears, therefore, that he may have made a false declaration as part of his nomination process. 
Mm. Uh oh, Rod, that looks a bit serious, champion. Another criminal conviction looming. Now, I know you're a big fan of the conditional release program, me old China. So let's go through that form 59B again and try and get it right this time. Now, let's see. Here we go. Name Rodney Norman Culleton. <laughs> Date of birth, 5th of June, 1964. Address. Living in a van down by the river <laughs> as you're a three-time loser who refuses to pay his creditors and goes on to commit sundry offences because in your deeply fucked, so soft mind, you think the law doesn't apply to you. Mm -hmm. Now, he's been babbling about how the Whitlam government changed the seal of Australia to a fucking gummy shark or something. <laughs> or maybe Hawkey fucked things up with the Australia Act, but that's not going to pass muster either. Because Session 44.3 entered law by referendum and was passed by two separate parliaments more than 120 years ago, mm -hmm. Rodney. So sit down, shut the fuck up and pay your bills, son. Pay your bills. Or you'll be living in a much worse place than a van down by the river, somewhere like HM Casuarina Prison, Ooh. and you're too old and too ugly to make friends there. <laughs> and that leads us to have a quick look at the scoreboard. Soft Rod, zero, the man, six, and counting. And the lesson learned today is of all the federal bodies in this great country, do not fuck with the AEC. <laughs> So last week in the rabbit hole, we looked at the Climate 200 independents, uh, many of which have an actual good shot at winning their seats in the coming federal election in some very blue ribbon Liberal Party held areas. Now, the media called them the teal independents, and their focus is squared on climate change. The candidates are strong, they're clever women with strong ties to the local area, and there's every chance they will hold the balance of power in the next parliament. Hung parliament situation is totally on the cards. I'm tempted to put money on it. These are absolutely the people to watch on election night. Once they take these seats from the Liberals, it's going to be very difficult to get them back. It's going to completely change the paradigm of electoral politics in Australia. A good incumbent independent can be very hard to unseat. Well, a, a hung parliament is uh, coming from 260 to 225 with the betting markets. And anyone who's anyone who basically involved in politics, not so much in media, but anyone who's in, in, involved in politics that I've been talking to, they're all saying hung parliament. Yeah. They're all saying hung parliament. And, and I'm sort of getting it Labor 69, Coalition 70 and 12 on the crossbenches. You mentioned climate change. Yes, that's a big thing. There, there, are, there are other issues: agenda, integrity in politics, and and obviously climate change stuff. But yeah, everything that I'm seeing is indicating that there'll be twelve. That would mean another another uh, uh, five independents, five to six independents, including one in Curtin which is Julie Bishop's old seat in Western Australia, that the Libs hold by thirteen point nine percent. Um, very safe seat, but uh, I believe the independent candidate there is uh, is running with a very strong chance. So these things are popping up all over the place. And, of course, Christina Keneally in Fowler is in trouble against a not uh, not a Climate 200 candidate, um, but uh, an independent nevertheless. By the way, Joel, uh, I, was, uh, I, I was corrected by uh, the media spokesperson for Climate 200, Jim Middleton, former ABC hey. journalist, who says that these independents have, a, they're, they're not climate 200 independents, he says, that they have basically sought, sought the backing, sought the support of the climate 200 group. And yep. that after uh, the Climate 200 group goes through them, does uh, has a good look at them and makes sure that they're genuine, uh, they will uh, have offered them following. So they say that they're independents who are supported by Climate 200. Yeah, with strategy and money and things like that. And I get yep. that. It's opaque and it's kind of similar to the Australian One candidates we're going to discuss in a second because we have these amazing high-profile candidates who are joined by this banner of support and funding but are fundamentally independence and then you have the cooker candidates doing something similar but in a cooker kind of way yeah very cooker way yeah you know, completely different completely different it is completely different the but there's that, that weird similarity candidates. 
but completely different. Uh, like candidates like Ricardo Bosi, mm. who will just run in whichever election he feels like. Greenway, a Greenway in, in, is his uh, current tilt, I believe. He's been yes, nominated. Yeah, it is, it is. But uh, he's, he's 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 got form. People like Craig Cole, a man whose involvement in the local community mostly consists of trying to red pill kids as a social worker. So that's a good resume. And just like the Climate Two Hundred Indies. I'm going to be watching them on election night, not because they're going to have an impact on the election, but to watch the absolute lack of impact they have yes. on the election. That mm. is where the comedy gold lies here because their complete and utter failure is going to be very funny. Yeah. In the house- Look, Really looking forward to it myself. Yeah. Oh, and they're going to kick and scream and bitch about election fraud afterwards. They it's will. It's going to be quite a spectacle. It's going to give us content for weeks. Thanks, guys. You've got our back. In the House, we have nine Australia One candidates, and in the Senate, we have two. We're only going to cover a handful of them because, honestly, how much time do we have? I mean, they're just- But it's not a registered party, is it? It's not a registered party, so they can't run under that banner. They- can only run as independents. No, and this is the difference between Climate 200 and Australia One. So Climate 200 are saying, we're not Climate 200 independents, we're independents. And the Australia One guy is going, we're not really independents, we're Australia One. <laughs> it's like, it's so great. Like the, the differences are almost like in the mirror. It's very funny. So we have Craig Cole in the seat of Casey in Victoria, Ricardo Bose in the seat of Greenway in New South Wales, Monica and Morgan, you know, Monica Smith and old Morgan C. Jonas in the Victorian Senate, and Damon Richardson of Cafe Locked Out, who is also running in the Victorian Senate as an independent. <laughs> you idiot. It's just pointless. First up, let's go and look at Ricardo Bose, who ran oh, in the yeah. by-election for Ida Monaro in 2020, following the retirement from Parliament from the much-loved Dr. Mike Kelly. Got about 900 votes, I think, from memory. Not a lot. Oh, you are giving him way too much credit. So Kelly lost the seat in the 2013 election alongside many others, but regained it at the 2016 election, being the first opposition member in the Bellwether seat. Bellwether being usually goes with the government since 1972. So now, after retirement, he works for Palantir, which is the mm. incredibly sketchy tech firm owned by Peter Thiel, who Daniel Morris and aka Hamilton Humes filled us Ooh, in on on many Peter occasions. Thiel's, not a nice person. Thiel's an actual vampire who transfuses children's blood to stay young. But we're yep. not going to go into that today. I just was really disappointed to learn that when I was researching this episode. Yeah, he, do, he does do that, yeah. I can't fucking believe Dr. Kelly is working for Palantir. Anyway, Dr. Kelly was a military man who was popular in the electorate. My auntie loved him. And he resigned citing health issues that he'd sustained under his combat tours. And it was very sad. Mm. Bosey is also a military man no one cares about. So I guess he thought he might, you know, resonate with local voters yeah. somehow. Yeah. He didn't, though. You're 900, knock it down a notch. He got 513 or 0.54% of the overall uh, primary vote. I don't think it's going to get any better either in no way. No. And so he decided to run on a joint ticket for Cory Bernardi's failed Australian Conservatives Party, maybe thinking the brand would help him. He got a whopping 0.49% of the vote. And uh, <laughs> then he decided to have a crack at the Queensland state seat of Nicklin. Yeah, Sunshine Coast, yeah. Where he got a... Much more palatable 4.7% of the vote in 2020. And look, at least he got his deposit back on that one, I guess. You mm-hmm. know, well, well done, yeah, Ricky. Got it back that time. Bosey's the leader of a political party that isn't a political party. It's hard to know why Bosey hasn't registered Australia One as a party because he has the logo, he has the flyers, the polo shirts, all featuring the party name. That's the difficult part. He has candidates that are running under the Australia One banner. He has acolytes. He's even asked for donations to help register the party. He's, he's, well, he's getting there. It's a process. There's a process involved. You need quite a lot of signatures. Uh, you need 500 people. Go down to the shopping centre and talk and about more, really. 600, really. I think he's done the hard part here. I think he could get the signatures if he wanted to, yet he decides to run as an independent. I think that's bizarre. Bosey seems to be unemployed, mm. but he's claimed the AEC. His profession is speaker and author. <laughs> he's got a book out on Amazon. Yes. I think it's something about like motivation or some shit. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah that sort of thing. And and really, it'd be a very poor seller. So, yeah, not making a lot of, not making a lot of coin out of that. No. And no. then speaker? Are you, though? Are you? I mean, he speaks a lot. He's a he regular at rallies in Canberra saying incredibly inflammatory things to crowds of cookers outside of Parliament House. And look, I thought I'd dig up some nice quotes from him. There's so many to choose from, but due to brevity, we've chosen a few. This is <laughs> the lovely independent candidate for the seat of Greenway. Kick it off. I'm warning everybody now, we're going to hang former Prime Ministers, <laughs> former Justices of the High Court of Australia. 
The first one is going to be the Prime Minister if he is found guilty. And then there's a group of state premiers that all must swing because they're all guilty. Nice. We're going to be hanging an exemplar from every piece of the Australian machinery, the polity, the bureaucracy, the judiciary, the military. Might get you there, Ricky. (laughs) And the media, he said. Everyone is up for the high jump. If they do deserve to hang, they will hang. Nice. Every doctor, every nurse that participated in this, to whatever degree, is going to be held to account. Fuck's sake. I mean, That's a pretty is... good hanging policy. I didn't know it was as articulated as that. It's this Khmer That's... Rouge pole pot shit. I mean, just hang <laughs> everyone who wears glasses. Just cut out the middleman. It's basically, it's basically a tilted genocide. It's fucking insane. And this is the kind of guy who's been walking around doing this, and no one's batting an eyelid. It just, it's just beyond me. In another clip, he says, "We're going to begin to make Australia ungovernable." Oh, well, good. you know, if you were elected, Ricky, that's it's <laughs> pretty much where it's going to end. Once up. Once you hang all the bureaucrats and all the medical staff, yeah. Probably a little bit ungovernable at that point. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> We're going to shut down the power, the water, woo, the sewerage. <laughs> We're going to shut down the sewerage. The communications to every globalist and elitist enterprise. He's fucking Chairman Mao. Like, oh, sorry, you want a drink of water? We shut that down because the globalists. You leave our fucking sewers alone, you son of a bitch. There's snake venom all through it, Jack. <laughs> Give up. If our international friends, he goes on to say, want to help, you can do the same. They. But <laughs> Shut down every Australian business, every Australian industry, every Australian high commission and every Australian consulate. Okay. He said. If we fuck this, he says fuck a lot. He does. If we fuck this, we lose. Do you understand this? We either win or lose. There is no middle ground. Those bastards out there are already killing our kids, he warned. Mm, stern warning. What do you think they've got in store for us next? This is our last throw of the dice. Mm-hmm. You've seen what they have planned for us. You've seen the vaccination camps. What? Have you seen how they have gas pipes connecting them? Have we, though? Have we yeah. seen that, Does that Rick? really? Is that have really we? a thing? Ricky? I don't know. I just, I'm not. I'm not across it. So, Bosey's also pushed the idea the Australian government is trying to pass laws that would allow abortions of babies up to two years old, which is pretty advanced, and we'll go into (laughs) detail, like gross detail, about the process of their death. It's, I'm not going to go into it because it's disgusting, but it's whatever. Awful. He also claims it'll be legal to fucking eat these babies and then their bodies will be sold as medical waste. I don't know, maybe the bones left after eating it. Yeah, you know? it's just an insight into his mind, isn't it? It is. You know, who, it just takes a sick who person. Of these things? Yeah. Sick individual. And this is really, a guy who's really running for insane. fucking parliament. Because anyone could do it. And we yep. live among fucking complete lunatics who somehow become platformed in a conspiracy movement full of violent intellectual nobodies. So look, Bosey has been known to associate with extreme right-wing groups like the True Blue Crew. He He's a vicious fucking racist. He likes to say the blacks a lot. Yeah, which, he calls, I mean, calls Aboriginal people, first Australians, the blacks. Yeah, I mean, like, what are you, like 1950s? Whilst, whilst sort of, you know, mouthing support for them. You know? Yeah, oh, it's disgusting. And they're all like, yeah, Makoto, yeah, Trillions Worth, yeah, the blacks. You're like, no, no, Oops. no. Just so painful. And look, with this kind of rhetoric, you have to wonder what kind of people he's going to enlist to hand out from on the day. You know the how to votes? You know the friendly people at the boat booth who are you know <laughs> handing out how to votes? That would be so, funny. Well, the answer probably is he won't have anybody or, well, or very, very few. He's got a few stormtroopers. I mean, he's been, out, he's been out riling up the troops. So one Twitter user said this of his run in Nicklin. They were terrifying in the 2020 Queensland election. Thugs in black shirts hanging out at the electrical booth in Nambour, they were menacing. Greenway's a little bit different, though. But I what's would, next? I, I would thought Greenway's just a little bit different. Yeah, but if <laughs> you hang around there people, in black shirts, mate, people will, people will drag you out and give you a good kicking in the gut. <laughs> I fucking hope so. I mean, let's face it. The only thing that can stop this is either police or a bunch of fairly hectic union-aligned labour uh, volunteers 
just giving these people a kicking and calling it a day. I don't think anyone's going to call the cops if that happens, to be honest. No. Next up, we have Craig Pitbull Cole, who started out as funny, but has gradually got more and more terrifying as time goes on. Very strange. He really isn't a force for good. He used to be a pro wrestler, although I'm not sure if he ever made any money from it or if it was just like a side hobby type thing. Uh, But he is a social worker, which is fucking terrifying because, as I said before, he spent a lot of time trying to red pill children who are usually disadvantaged and vulnerable. Cool Mm. work. He has been prominent in the anti-lockdown movement basically since the start, but appeared to be less interested in this sort of fringe conspiracy theories and blah, blah, Bill Gates, and more focused on the politics. And this is a quote from a video he made in 2020 in May saying, this was not an anti-vaxxer protest. This was not a lockdown protest. This was not a 5G protest. This was a protest against overall government corruption, which has gone on for too long. Too long. Now, it was an anti-lockdown protest. Too long. It's been going on for too long. It was an anti-vaxxer protest. It was also a 5G protest. Yes, it was. But this is what he took from it. So that's interesting. It's inside of the guy's mind. It's going on. It's been going on too long, all this. And since then, a lot of people have come and gone from the freedom movement, but Craig has stuck around. He's one of the real barnacles of the movement, and he's hitched his wagon to the Bosey train, and he has said some wild shit in the lead up to his run for the Victorian seat of Casey. Cole has become obsessed with the idea the world is run by pedophiles, which is something that the Bosey train is all about. Ranting about pedophile protectors and yelling at it cops. In parliament full of pedophile protectors, making these wild claims of child abuse with absolutely no evidence because, you know, there's kids in tunnels and shit. He randomly calls police Freemasons. He did this in a video the other day. He's like, that Freemason arrested her with no cause. And then when they do something he doesn't like, he just arcs up and starts threatening with violence. He recently said at a protest in Canberra that he's happy to do a couple of years in jail if he has to break a few officers' jaws if they arrest someone he thinks has done nothing wrong. Cooker optics are funny. Some person comes up and starts hitting a police officer like, she's doing nothing wrong! Yeah, it's going to um, potentially impact on his ability to sit in the parliament. Uh, well, if, that's the crazy if he, thing! If he is convicted of... Well, yes, but the thing is it doesn't impact it, the fact this cooker is standing there saying, I'm going to punch cops, and the cops there going, oh, there's a complaints process, you probably should do that. This doesn't impact on the fact that he can run as an independent. This is just no, the society not, we live in. Not unless he's convicted, of course. Um, uh, and, 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 of course, I think there's a mandatory sentence in, uh, in uh, Victoria for assault of police. Yeah, well, look, this will be in the ACT, but I tell you what, he's not going to go off well, but he's prepared to do two years for it. And this is the other thing that I really liked about it. He also thinks, and he says this openly to police, that he can arrest citizens, uh, that he can arrest make, police yeah, citizens arrest as a citizen's arrest with yeah. police he disagrees with. Yeah, but he hasn't sadly attempted this yet. Yeah, no, because that's going to end badly. That's going to end really, really badly. He's also pushing the idea that late-term abortion is a common practice with these violent descriptions of the practice in his campaign speeches, which are often in these small-town RSL function rooms, and pushes that bosey line that the government plans to make it basically legal to kill, fuck, and eat babies under two years old, which, of course, once it's legal... The floodgates are open. I've been waiting for this chance for so long. <laughs> what is wrong with these people? Where's the cannibalism come from? I mean, you know, I, I just don't just show you how twisted these people are. And they're just they're in echo chambers of violence and sadness. It's just so fucking weird. But hey, Cole is not all just fear and loathing about these fictitious baby massacres and orgies. He's also deep on the lunatic fringe where he spoke at the Cosmic Consciousness Conference in Uluru, thank you, Sandy, claiming they were visited by aliens. What did the aliens tell them? Uh, Maybe to fuck babies? I'm not sure. He also spoke at a ticketed conference named Our Alien Ancestry, What Comes Next, which is just completely normal Saturday stuff. I mean, like, what does come next, Craig? Tell me more. You're going to fit right into the Senate. I think the ticket was like 29 bucks. Oh, no, he's running in the House, yeah. He is running in the House, yes, yeah. He he would fit right in anywhere. Uh, You know, (laughs) he's a personable guy. His campaign strategy appears to be speaking to the same 50 people over and over again in Canberra, which is, you know, a few kilometres away from Cedar Casey, and touring regional areas on campaign stops, promoted on social media where he terrifies the small gathered crowd of cookers and then asks them for money. Now, Craig's other campaign strategy is that they're going to manifest the win. Manifest? Yeah. Yeah. He's been reading the secret, you know? You know, if, if you will it, it will come. It's great. <laughs> if you think about it enough, it will happen. Exactly. Like like murdering and, and eating babies. It's, it's if totally you normal. Visualize it, it will happen. He's yeah. been visualizing mass murder and baby <laughs> genocide. Let's not give him that license. So if Craig does manifest a winning Casey and he gets up, he's said a couple of times now in uh, in Canberra that he's in his maiden speech, he plans to get out the M60, which is a high caliber machine gun, and mow them all down. This is a metaphor 
I don't doubt that for a second. But when you th- like when you listen to his constant violent rhetoric, you start to wonder maybe this guy actually means it. Well, that sounds like that's enough of Craig there. Who else have we got, Joe? Ugh. Monica Smith and Morgan Jonas. Hooray! Who, I mean, fuck them. They're running as a grouped independent and they were hoping to get a good spot in the ballot paper, maybe get some donkey votes. They got R, which apparently R, stands which for is, revolution. Yeah, but it's also a very long way along the ballot. It it's is. not first or second because that's kind of A and B, C. And, uh, and all you go down to R, which is kind of like where your sad uncle sits and just leaves a lot of shit stains and... And spills his They're beer in the nose and plates. stuff yeah, on, yeah. The, uh, on the old tablecloth ballot. Um, they're very so much R in the nose Yeah, they've lost the lottery there. It's R for you're fucked. Yeah. This is not going to happen for you guys. Give up now. No. No. It's very sad. It is very sad. And we don't need to say much about these guys. You know them. They've been regulars. They're predictable as fuck. Monica spent a lot of breath teaching the few people that still pay attention to her how to vote for an independent <laughs> as her fiancé Morgan was running below the line. And it was a whole thing vote below the line. They made all this bloody song and dance about it. Someone must have told them what an absolute joke it is to run as independent on the Senate ticket below the line. There's no way you're going to get even close to your deposit. So Morgan got Monica to be a running mate and now they're a grouped independent ticket on R for revolution. But now they have to teach their idiot supporters how to vote again. Yeah. And they're going to have to start teaching them the alphabet and (laughs) and a lot of these people are going to just sort of blank out by the time we get to R. Oh yeah, that's that. They blank out during Sesame Street and they're going to blank out on the fucking Sesame <laughs> on the Senate ballot. This is the way it is. So Monica and Morgan a bit of a joke now and this election slapping should see the end of them. I mean, maybe I'm being a bit, you know, ahead of my time on this one, but I really... While Monica is like incredibly hard to get rid of, she's been in the absolute death throes for some time now and RDA are irrelevant. And backing Uncle Clive for a bit of that UAP money was a great move until they then chickened out from that backlash from the Bosey crowd. And yeah. She's basically just floundered around like a dying fish ever since. And it is more sad than funny. And this is why. Well, it's kind of funny, but it's kind of just pathetic. So I just think we should let them sit at this election and then just take Reignite Democracy Australia to a farm up north where you can't visit, but it'll be happy and it'll be loved and really well fed. I promise you. I promise nothing will happen to it. Like that bitey dog. Yes. Like that bitey dog we had. Just that farm, just a bit too far away and you can't visit. Yes. Yep. Yep. Dad, where where the shotgun shells gone? Who else we got, Joe? Oh, I think there's a shocker coming up. Ugh, Damien fucking Richardson from Cafe Locked Out. He's also running for the Victorian Senator's oh, Independent. God, I, I just I, I don't know why and also do know why. Because basically you'd know him from his work as an actor if you actually watch Neighbours and you shouldn't. But he's also a serial <laughs> pest in the anti-vax freedom movement. And now he's known as the Independent Senate candidate for Victoria. Oh, oh yeah. esteemed candidate. He's a small-time actor. He had a six-year stint on Neighbours where he probably made enough money to buy a house. But a few bit parts of movies that no one's ever heard of and no one really gives a shit about him. And like many of these failed actors in the movement, he's fucking desperate for attention. His slogan is drain the billabong, which is, you know, Australian (laughs) spin on Donald Trump's drain the swamp. I mean, like, it's so shit. His policy platform is appropriately vague for someone running as a cry for attention with absolutely no prospect of success, including hands off our kids, Parents raise the children, not the state. Thanks, Damo. And we say no to a social credit score. I mean, that's not a thing. So, like, what? Don't care. (laughs) David's Facebook page bio also, and this is his personal profile, and I feel bad for saying this, but, like, it says friendless father with three kids, and that is so sad. But let's face (laughs) it. After he went to the Salvation Army op shop on Burke Street in December 2021 to scream at vulnerable people and charity workers about vaccine mandates and how they'll be hung for crimes against humanity with a fucking megaphone, you wouldn't stay his friend, would you? I mean- Surely you can't stick around for that. He, he might have had a few friends before that, a f- couple. That's, you know, that's, but that's the line. Handful. That's the uh, line. But they're all gone now. Just no, no, no. He's got adoring idiots in a cult, but that's another story. So an out-of-work actor who is addicted to an audience has found a way to maintain his habit by talking shit to fringe dwellers under the guise of being a Senate candidate. He's unlikely to get his deposit back. I tell you what, you won't get 4% champion. His electoral result will be humiliating to say the least, and I can't fucking wait to see it. And we have to give an honourable mention amongst this group of clowns to Australia One aligned independent candidate Darren Bergworth running for the seat of Dunkley in uh, Melbourne's east with the fantastic slogan, politicians don't fix things. Tradies do. And he's pictured in a high-vis polo holding two drills. Wow, what a man. 
I think he took the idea of a ministerial cabinet a bit too literally, mate. Put the tools down, you psycho. It's not an actual cabinet. What are you going to do? Bring a drill into Parliament, fix some wobbly desks in the chamber? What the fuck are you on about? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. I love I love the like aesthetic of it, but it's dumb. It's really dumb. So look, this election has been unique insofar as independents running are coming from radicalised groups that openly talk about hanging people. We discussed that before. It feels really normalised now, but it's not. That's crazy. I mean, we long for the days. Remember when Pauline Hanson was considered an extreme candidate? Well, oh my still god, is. she still is. No, she's not. She's like well, she's not. Now. She hasn't got a. She hasn't got a you know defined hanging policy. But no, she's she doesn't. Pretty extreme. That's the Overton window. The Overton window for political candidacy is now. What is your hanging policy? And if you don't have one, now you're considered a centrist. That's what I'm saying. I'm putting it out there. And none of these people stand a chance of winning. A lot of them won't even get their deposits back. As we've been mocking them mercilessly over the last half an hour. Over, they will poll in the single digits. Many of them will fail to get 1%. But the simple act of running for office gives you this air of legitimacy. And it also legitimizes that one constant throughout the lockdown movement since the pandemic even started, which is asking for donations. Now you put your hand out and it's like a part of the process as opposed to before where you were considered a bit of a grifter. And since these lockdown laws have been repealed, the amount of conspiracy influences on the scene has just completely exploded. Asking for money has been harder than ever. Oh, poor oh. you. You can see Monica absolutely panicking as her once reliable grift starts to properly dry up. Running as a candidate is such a great way to make a living as you expense your life as a campaign cost to avoid the inevitable next step of applying for a job at Sports Girl to sell cheap <laughs> singlets to tweens. When you run for office, you're no longer just Craig Cole, the lunatic who thinks everyone's a pedophile that wants to fucking eat babies. You're the independent candidate for Casey who thinks everyone is a pedophile <laughs> that wants to fucking eat babies. Now you're a somebody. This you is great. <laughs> and like Laura Loomer, for example, you guys might not know her, but she's a US agitator. And like a million other Republicans who do the exact same thing in unwinnable seats, they make their insane babble newsworthy. And it works. It elevates their profile to the point where they're actually worth reporting on. And every time they're hateful, rhetoric is featured in the press they are the candidate for in luma's example for the house in florida not just the idiot who got banned from uber for being racist (laughs) and it could easily be said that herman cain ran for president simply to increase his speaking fee and sell his crappy little book because it worked his speaker's fee went from twenty five thousand dollars to $75,000, which is money to be made it's not bad and look you know he had a few private jets he got a lot of Kudos, you know, he's back a big stands down. He had a fucking great year. Now, I'm really hoping this doesn't become a thing in Australia because we do not need elections to become a fucking clown show for every lunatic to try and get attention and build their profile. Campaigns in this country are annoying enough as they are without attention-seeking nobodies trying to build up their profile on the backs of democracy. Just don't do it. Yeah, so look, we're going to round it off there because, look, if we do have a home parliament, and no, and no major party can get a can form a majority. Then we really do. We will be going back to the people again. Yeah, you know, well. sometime this year, and that means that these people will all pop up and run again. Because by then, you know, they're experts. You know, yes. So, so this this is just kind of the mad stuff that's going on. And look, just by way of plug, the two jacks will be talking about a hung parliament and what can what needs to be done there what are the processes involved Ooh. the legal process constitutional processes punditry bit of, bit of punditry but uh, yes uh, if we do find as we expect uh, there is a hung parliament uh, what will Morrison do what will Albanese do what will the crossbenchers do so uh, you can have a listen to that on two jacks high hats and high vis but that's enough about dreary old democracy for now because we need to get to a man who doesn't believe in it. He believes in invitations. He does. He was invited to the Australian Senate, but he didn't go because they wouldn't let him suntan the underside of his cock in his office. And that's just the way Pete is. And he has had a big week. And we're going to hear all about it in the week in Pete Evans. It has been a huge week in Pete huge. Evans with our favourite far-right shitposter keeping up his streak of Tucker Carlson clips and yes, terrible, terrible yes. memes. They're not funny, Pete. They're shit. Pete's always been a bit quiet on the commentary, but recently it's been nice to see him piping up and instead of mindlessly sharing memes from other people's channels, he's been having a crack at some commentary. Good on him. Bless your heart. You put your two cents in. His borderline illiterate writing style has come a long way, making me wonder, did he take my advice and do a TAFE course on basic English? <laughs> I mean, 
It's possible. Yeah, it was possible. It's improved. It's improved. I'm, I'm proud of you, Pete. Well done. Pete's back on the chemtrail conspiracy. It's the real gotcha moment on aircraft contrails. Under this headline from the ABC, weather expert says cooler temperatures help create vapor trail phenomenon in New South Wales as air travel booms. And Pete went on to say, if this was true, then every plane would make this. However, it is not the case. <laughs> the planes that are spraying are not on regular commercial flight paths and are at very different altitudes. Ooh. If you do not yet understand what this is yeah. yet, Stand, in a stand. That's fantastic. I, like I know. He's I like what he's cunt. done there. He's making up words. Oh, he loves it. Oh, this is this is hippie dippy shit from way back. You may like to listen to my interview with Alana Freeland to educate yourself and others as to the reasons behind this. Rainbows, love, and peace. Oh yeah, as usual. So Freeland describes herself as a Waldorf school pioneer. Now <laughs> I went to a Steiner school, and I honestly don't know what the fuck a Waldorf school pioneer is. Her book titles include Under an Ionized Sky: From Chemtrails to Space Fence Lockdown. What the fuck is a space fence and chemtrails <laughs> harp and the full spectrum dominance of planet earth which mm. all just sounds completely yeah. legitimate we, we should definitely educate ourselves with stuff that the waldorf school pioneer so, is telling us a good line of length all that stuff yeah no no so the article pete cites explains exactly why vapor trails can vary based on weather conditions and flight routes but pete much prefers to get his inner standing from the waldorf school pioneer he did a shitty interview with what a fucking idiot pete posted this other headline from anti-semitic shithole fake news service discord.tv bad people on there now Obama, this is a quote, despite the fact that we have now essentially clinically tested the vaccine on billions of people worldwide, around one in five Americans is still going to put themselves at risk rather than get vaccinated. And then Pete added his own two cents of wisdom. Again, how many times we're going to hear these words used? Misinformation and disinformation. The misinformation would seem that it is safe and effective. How dare they clinically test it on a billion people? What a clusterfuck of epic proportions. Uh, hey, Pete, um, do you know how many times we're going to hear the words misinformation and disinformation? Uh, maybe while you're making it a part-time job to spread complete horseshit on social media. This is like your thing. This is you. You're the problem. People like you are the problem. Maybe you should fucking understand that, Pedro, you wanker. Fuck. So to top it off, here's a classic clanger from Pete on what an edgy, defiant rebel he is in public, being a prick to airline staff and showing his true character in public for all to see. Quote, masks are essentially useless. They might have wanted to add in there that they are fucking disgusting and stupid too. Thanks, child. They asked me if I had one when I hopped on the plane. I simply said no and went and sat down. End of conversation. So, like, I mean, A, fuck you for being an asshole to airline staff, but B, what other social conventions are you rebelling against, Pete? Like, are you walking into pubs naked and tanning your asshole in the beer garden? It's not edgy and cool to be a selfish piece of shit. Nobody on the plane is stoked about wearing masks. They're kind of disgusting. You're not wrong. But you know what else is disgusting? COVID. We're in a fucking pandemic, you cunt. And despite your bleating, the truth is that masks stop the spread of disease. That is the way it is. And thanks to the rest of the people on the plane, cunts like you avoid getting COVID. But the chance of this being true is pretty slim. Masks are absolutely mandated on planes, and this is like his little shower thought flex that he decided to put on Telegram. But if our little rebel router brain actually pull this out in a plane, we could all agree, fuck him. Fuck him and his selfish little tantrums. Fuck his sense of entitlement. Because we live in a society, you prat. Can you please stop acting like an angry toddler? And you have been listening to the Condition Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider, Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack, we found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunch Moses with a K. We set up a Facebook page you can find fairly easily. Just, you know, search the words. Promoting a podcast is easier said than done. We do this every week. It's the weird begging side. We don't want to share it ourselves too much because that looks really sad and desperate. But if you guys do it, people are like, oh, wow, what's this cool thing? I like that person. I trust their opinion. Share it to your friends. Yes, indeed. And the Patreon is up and running. And we ask listeners, as we said at the front of the program, to consider throwing a few dollars our way. Yes, we're doing For as little as five subs a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content. And if you give, it us, give us enough money, you can watch us record the damn show. Yeah, that's right. If we get to a thousand patrons, we promise that we're actually going to get a sweet taste of money and use our platform to start a political party. Mm. We'll charge maybe $35 membership. There'll be no refunds and we promise we'll submit the paperwork at some point eventually down the track. Then, just, then, then, then we might think that we'll just become a lobby group. Well, I'm just going to run as independent because it's just way more effective because <laughs> reasons. I don't know why. So join up at patreon.com slash the conditional release program. And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's simply to inform us that the Australia One independents have lost 
in a landslide, and now we have all descended into baby-eating murderers. They warned us, guys, but we didn't listen. I've been waiting for my chance. Just been waiting. Just waiting in the wings. Thanks, guys. See you later, listeners. See you next time.